Good morning, Diverse City partners and guests, and happy Resurrection Sunday. This is the day that I like to think of as the game changer. This is the day that we celebrate and honor that Jesus died and he rose. If you want to make it more personal, you can say it, that Jesus died for my sins and that he rose again for me to make a way for me, to make a way for you. Our lead, Pastor James Woods, is bringing another installment of the 2020 Focus Sermon Series. It is a focus on the resurrection. The resurrection, believers. The Resurrection Diverse City Church. If there is any day to be excited, if there is one day that we shout it from the rooftops, it is today. It is now. And we are so grateful that even though we are not in our church building, even though we might be scattered all over St. Louis in our homes or at work, that we can still connect and still worship together as a church body. So where you are right now, whether you're in your living room or your dining room, whether you're, you're at work, it doesn't matter. Right now, Diverse City, I want you to stand to your feet. This is the day that the Lord has made and we are going to rejoice in it. So I'm gonna have you stand to your feet and I want you to start speaking praise. I want you to start praying over your family and over your home. I want you to start setting the atmosphere just like we're at church. Lord God, we love you and we worship you, Father. Come on, diversity, push with me. Lord God, you are worthy of all the honor and the praise, God. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy and we love you and we worship you. Lord God, I speak life, I speak power, I speak conviction over our church body. Lord God, as the praise and worship team is getting ready to come and release worship, Lord God, I pray it would be pleasing to you. I pray against distractions. I pray against anything that's not of you. Lord God, you are worthy and we take nothing for granted. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, DCC. This morning, I just want to challenge you to just begin to lift up your hands. Come on and open up your mouth. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter where you are. We can't be ashamed. Hallelujah. So we're going to press in. Yes, this is an unconventional way to do praise and worship, but we came to lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Help us sing.
Welcome to Diverse City Church, the perfect church for imperfect people. We are so honored that you joined us for your worship experience this morning. Welcome to all of our Diverse City partners, first-time guests, and those joining us online. Please don't forget to like, share, and comment. At Diverse City, we believe that no matter your color of your skin, your background, what you've been through in the past, but we have all come together to give God the glory, honor, and the praise for he deserves it. He is worthy to be praised. At this time, I'd like to make you aware of some very important announcements. Join us this week on Tuesday. All my prayer warriors, I want you to call into our prayer call at noon on Tuesday. We have an awesome time bringing our requests to the Lord and just praying for our nation, our families, our children, and all those affected by COVID-19. Please remember to call in noon on Tuesday. Then we're going to be right back on Tuesday night, just having an awesome time with our kids. We're going to have a craft night. We have some fun things planned for the kids. So don't forget to join us on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Coming right back on Wednesday, we're going to have an awesome packed Bible study filled with God's word. We want you to call in on Zoom and join us for a wonderful time in God's word. Thursday night, again, we're going to do a prayer call on Thursday night. We want you to come in. We're going to flood Jesus. We're going to put all our requests known to him. So I want you to call in on Thursday night at 7 p.m. at our prayer call. And then we're going to be right back here on Sunday morning at 1030 for our virtual service. Pastor James has an awesome word for us. God has blessed him and has been speaking to him and he is going to pour into our lives. So I want you to come out and join us for our virtual service on Sunday morning on Facebook Live. I am so honored and blessed that you were here this morning with us. Please have a blessed week. We're praying for you. We love you. Hey, family, this is Gio. Just want to say that um, my thoughts are with you guys during this coronavirus pandemic. I know things are not easy right now, but I do believe they will get better. I trust in the Lord and I know you guys do too. So today I want to read a poem that I wrote called He is Risen. And it's about the resurrection of Christ. And I think it symbolizes that regardless of how bad things may look, God will prevail in the end. So keep the faith, stay strong, and we'll get through this together. This is called, He is Risen. My Lord gave his life up on a cross because we were just too poor to pay the price for what it costs. We were poor in the spirit had a rapport with the wicked. But even with that said, he told us all is forgiven. Only the Lord's intervention can get me this clean. He made us all a promise in John 3:16. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And if you feel you failed him, then you're not the only one. A saint can only run as far as God will let him. There are many in the church thinking it's all about the reverend. They forgot about the message walking all around his presence. When it comes to being saved, I think it's more about the effort. For the sacrificial lamb with nails in his hand, a crown full of thorns, 
They call him son of man. They call him Elohim. They call him El Shaddai. He is the one and only king. There's no reason I should lie. From his divine intercession to sublime resurrection, I'd lay my very life right on this ground just to bless him. Our savior was betrayed, ridiculed and left for dead. He was buried in a tomb and they assumed that that was that. But I sing glory to the king for having heart to see the vision. He completed the mission. The son of man is risen. The son of man is risen. The son of man is risen. Thank you, guys. God bless. Stay safe. And I love you all. God bless. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, uh, am I dancing while I'm driving? No, I am parked. Trust and believe I am parked. But I'm, So let me take my seatbelt off. Gets a little more comfortable. Obviously, I'm in my car. Okay. Um, but anyway, good morning, good day to you. It's another Sunday virtual service. It is the time that we uh, honor God through our gift. So am I doing it from my car? No, but I'm just presenting this portion of service from my car. But anyway, stay with me for the next couple minutes. And I just want to take you through something that God placed on my heart. So in the Bible, it says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That doesn't mean that a weapon won't be formed and things won't happen. It, it means quite the opposite, that the weapon will be formed. There will be trials and tribulations and hardships that come. But the Bible gives, us, gives you the promise and the reassurance that it, although it is formed, it won't prosper against you. It means it won't defeat you. You may feel it. It may hurt. Let's not be deceived. It may hurt. And it, may, it may be tough. It may stretch you to your limit, but it will not break you as long as you remain faithful and trust in the word that God has given us. Okay. When I was younger, my dad used to tell us, us kids, Elmer, Stephanie, and I, that an ounce of prevention will prevent a pound of cure, right? Let me explain. So what that means is that if you apply just a little bit of discipline, uh, discipline now, a little bit of obedience now, you don't have to face the consequences that come later because of your disobedience, right? I tell my kids that all the time. I tell them that all the time. I said, hey, if you just be obedient on this side, you don't have to worry about the discipline on that side that's going to come by way of your mother and father. Amen. So I just want you all to know that let's continue, continue to be faithful, especially during these times. You may be down and out. Your finances may have been drained because of the economy things. There may have been cutbacks, layoffs, all that kind of thing. And I get it. And you're feeling the pressure. You're feeling that. But I want to let you know today that God is still faithful. I see a victory through all of this stuff happening now more than ever. So draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Be faithful in your offering and your tithe and be givers. Be givers. Let's be obedient, saints. As always, if you need ways in looking for ways to give, you can text the word diverse or give, I believe, to the number 73256. 73256. That is the number. Or you can go on to diversecity.church. Go on to the that website. Scroll down to the donate tab and click there and it will take you to a link and show you how to give that way. Until I see you again, until we meet again, talk again. 
God bless you. I love you. Get ready for an awesome word. Who is this king of glory? Who is this king of glory?
Amen, 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 amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Diverse City Church. Happy Resurrection Sunday. It's so good to be in your homes this morning. Um, I miss you. I love and cannot wait for the opportunity for us to be back together again. But right now, continue to be safe, continue to be blessed, take care of your loved ones, and continue to be a good Samaritan to be able to help out those in need during this season. So before we get into the word, just want to give a shout out to um, all of our ministry leaders, deacons, directors, to be able to make everything happen for you each week. Um, it takes a lot to make a virtual service happen. Um, coordinations on different schedules and requirements for us to continue to give you the gospel, to be able to share in our experience and to make sure that we are connected. So before we get into the word, um, I just got one quick announcement um, to the tech team. If you can just bring this slide up, this is the meals. This is the meals for the pandemic during this time. So just want to make sure that everyone is aware and know what's going on. We are still serving in the community center every day from Monday through Friday from 8 to 12 p.m. But here's the catch, we got good news. Now we're willing and we've been approved to start doing delivery service to be able to allow the kids and the parents to stay in the comforts of their home. And with us working with Gene Slay Boys and Girls Club, we're able to bring the meals right to your door. So please be on the lookout. Um, the only qualification there is that um, we're only allowed to deliver to homes that are within three miles of the church. So uh, thanks to the children's ministry and other leaders as well that was able to help us to formulate a database of those that are within reach. Um, our plan is over Monday and Tuesday to be able to make some phone calls out to the families, be able to confirm that your address is still the same, and then also be able to understand what needs you have for your family. So if it's two children, two adults, we're going to be able to bring that breakfast and lunch to be able to help you out. And for those that do not stay within the three mile radius of your church, if you're still in need during this season, I'm going to ask for you to reach out to the church, um, leave a comment in the message box of Facebook Live, send us an email to office at diversity.church. Again, office at diversity.church. Uh, send us a text message through our uh, text and church app where you receive three to four messages from me and other staff members or reach out on Facebook. So our desire and our goal is to continue to serve you and your family during this time of need. So without further ado, I want you to go ahead and open your Bible to John chapter 11, verse 25 through 27. Again, stand to your feet. Let's honor the customs of diversity and give reverence to the word of God. Go ahead and locate John chapter 11 verse 25 through 27 and we are going to read from the NIV 
translation. And when you got it, put in the comments, say, I got it. I'm going to give you a good 15, 20 seconds to be able to locate that. And then we're going to read together as one big virtual family. Okay, here we go, saints. One, two, three, ready, read. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And here's the part I like. Do you believe this? So as we conclude our 2020 focus series on Easter Resurrection Sunday, our title for today is 2020 Resurrection Focus. So let me just kind of start off with how my week has been going. Um, as we move week by week and monitoring this pandemic, it's just been very interesting to watch how the entertainment world has navigated and been able to deal with um, media and sports and also understanding how to produce content in a season where you're not able to be in front of a crowd, to be able to have live sports, to be able to have live concerts. And one of the things that is interesting is that you see uh, many debates off of things that really honestly don't matter, but it just sparks great dialogue. So I've seen conversations such as, you know, what's better? Pepsi or Coke, and, and individuals are arguing their standpoint, their case. I see some of the old school rappers fans still arguing who, over who's better between Tupac and Biggie, and then how do they compare it to the new age rappers? I see others on Instagram where we have producers taking their top 10 tracks versus another producer taking their top 10 tracks, and we're seeing people argue and state their points and their cases and then when you look at the world of sports they're arguing over who is the greatest of all time are you are you with LeBron are you with Kobe are you with Michael Jordan they're looking at who's the best golfer is it Tiger Woods who's the best football player is it Tom Brady how is Tom Brady going to be able to adjust to Tampa Bay but there was one argument when I was looking on Facebook that I thought was very interesting in 2020 today. And the question was, who is God? So there were individuals that discuss that God is Buddha. There were people that brought up that God is Mohammed. There were individuals that brought up there is no God. And there was also a crowd that said, Jesus is God. So when we think about where we are today, all of the things that are going on as we deal with this pandemic, bring this question up on the screen. I would like to know and would like to discuss for the next 30 minutes where do you stand on the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Hold this there for about 30 seconds. Where do you stand 
on the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is he the best? Is he the greatest of all time? And it's so critical for us as believers on our Super Bowl Resurrection Sunday to have a concrete, to have a solid, to have a conviction, biblical understanding of Jesus dying on the cross and part two, him raising from the dead. As we looked at John chapter 11, it says, I am the resurrection and the life. Yes, I know in 2020, Easter for us is different. I'm here by myself. There's nobody here. This is my first time coming to church on an Easter Sunday and not seeing the big hats, not seeing the nice and shiny suits. And we're all here on Easter. We're all here on Resurrection Day. And I'm asking you, where do you stand on Jesus dying on the cross and the resurrection of Christ? So while the church is empty today, I got good news. The tomb of Jesus Christ is empty. Matter of fact, the first resurrection, there was no crowd. There was not a group of people waiting around to see of what Jesus said when he told his disciples three times, I'm going, but I'll be back. There was no crowd there. There was no crowd available to be able to testify him raising from the dead. Millions upon millions of Christians all around the world today at large, please don't tune me out. Do not treat this Resurrection Sunday as just a mundane boring story that you've heard every year on, year in, and every year out where Jesus got arrested, Jesus died, Jesus rose. But the resurrection is not just a one-dimensional event. It is multi-dimensional, it's multi-transformative, and it's impacted us for over 2,020 years. Matter of fact, there's a resurrection story on the inside of you. There is a story, if we had time with everyone that's listening, where you can talk about a few things that died in your life. And when you encounter our Lord and Savior, things begin to get resurrected again. And we can't waver on this. So yes, we're experiencing crisis. Yes, times are hard. But Jesus has to be Lord or he's a liar. Jesus has to be dead or alive. So where do you stand? So here we are in part three, being able to look at this Passion Week. Look at this chart. It gives you a quick synopsis of everything that's going on in the Passion Week. Last week, when we talked about lessons from a donkey, we focused on Sunday and Monday. 
We were able to see and experience Jesus being recognized and praised and others celebrating to say Hosanna. We were able to look at his life, being able to lead, to bring change into the temple, to bring change into God's holy place. And then if you were with us on Wednesday for our communion Passover service, we talked about the Tuesday, the Wednesday, and the Thursday. We got an understanding of Judas being a deceiver, willing to betray Jesus And most of all, we spend a significant amount of time reflecting on the Last Supper. So as we move along in this Passion Week, let's talk about the Friday, let's talk about Saturday, and let's talk about Sunday. So I need you to take a moment right now. I need you to focus in. I need you to treat this like your favorite movie. We know how the story's going to end. We know the goal and the objective is to be able to get to Sunday. But I'm just going to allow you to come in, walk in the front door, and I want you to see this story from the perspective of a director. As we discuss this, I don't want you to just look at it from a a third-person point of view. I don't want you to look at it from a second-person point of view. But I want you to look at this story as we look at Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from a first-person point of view. Let's talk about it from a director's perspective. Let's talk about it from the disciple's perspective. And let's talk about it from Jesus' perspective. So here we go. So what is Friday? Friday is a day of suffering. Now we love to call it Good Friday. And it's only called a Good Friday because it was an awesome and a great Sunday. But Friday was horrible. It was painful. It was a time of agony. It was a time of stress. Go back and look at the passion of the Christ. You do not want your kids to see all of the frustration, all of the rejection that took place on a Friday. And there are several people here that are watching this broadcast and you look at the season of your life and it's more than just a day. It may be a season or it may actually be years where you've felt like everything that you've been trying to do, now you're in a place of pain. Because suffering is not bias. It comes to invade your space, kick down the door, invite itself in without any permission and willing to disrupt and it's willing to mess up your agenda and you're left by yourself trying to figure out what to do. The people that were with me have left me. Those that celebrated me are now against me. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, it says, For God called you to do good. 
even if it means suffering. I know it's hard to hear this when, when individuals come to your life and they tell you it's going to get better, but right now you're sitting in the middle of suffering and God is saying, you got to do good. You got to stick with it. You haven't come this far to be left right here. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example and you must follow his footsteps. So when we come, when it comes to suffering, it's not, it's not um, an equal opportunity playing field for us. So there are some of us that are suffering and it's from a pace of playing. It's physically taunting. On the Friday day of suffering, Jesus' beard is being ripped from his face. And then others are coming to spit in his face. And then he's being whipped. And then there's a crown of thorns being forced on his head. And after all of that, he's being asked to carry a cross to his own death. And when we look at this pandemic, coronavirus has been a painful physical experience. Now, maybe the physical pain and of suffering has not hit your doorsteps, but emotionally, that pain, that level of suffering may actually be even worse than the painful experience where you're trying to figure out what to do, where you're trying to figure out where to go, and, you're, and you've been betrayed, and you've been neglected, and you've invested all of this time, and you can't figure out what's going on. Or it's a spiritual pain where you thought you were close to God and now you feel so far apart. Yes, we talked about the voice and talked about the six principles to be able to hear the voice of God and you apply them and you apply them and the pain is still there. So what did Jesus do as he prepped for the pain of Friday? Go with me to Matthew chapter 26, and let's look at verse 36 through 39, and we're going to read this from the New King James Version. <clears throat> so verse 36 says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Look at this, sit here while I go and pray over there. And in verse number 37, it says, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. So when we look at the life of Jesus, as he was getting ready for Friday to prepare for his day of suffering, the thing that stands out to me the most is that you got to have the right people in your life. Who, who is the one, maybe two, and if you're really lucky, three people in your life, when it hurts the most, you can say, come and sit with me. Come and let's have a conversation. Come because it hurts. Come because I need somebody to lean on. Come, because I'm not capable of doing this all by myself. 
And Jesus invited a few people and he wanted to share and express the pain, the burdens, the frustrating times during his day of suffering. And for us as a church, as a family, as people of diversity, this is the time right now where we have to be able to love our neighbor as ourselves. This is the time where we can't just hold on to stuff and feel like um, we're going to just be emotional, emotionalist beings and just hold all of the burdens and the cares of this world on our shoulders. Matter of fact, I think it's Galatians chapter 6 that we are called to carry each other's burdens. As a church, as one family, we have to be able to work this thing together. So then when you go on and look at verse 38 through 39, Jesus said, then he said to them, Look at this. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Here it is again. Stay here and watch with me. Jesus is saying right now, during this season, you may have to be a little bit inconvenienced to be able to help somebody else. You may need someone to have a long conversation, not necessarily you got to use a scripture, not that you got to be able to produce or come up with the answer, but just come and stay and be here. So there's right people during this time. And my prayer for those that are married, that it is your spouse When life gets the toughest, that you're willing to confide and be able to speak what's going on, the troubles, your frustrations, and for the spouses to be able to show empathy of what's going on, because we have to also watch out for the wrong people. When you're saying that I have to go through this pain to get through my purpose and making sure the wrong people are not convincing you to give up. They're not convincing you to just stay and don't go to the cross. Matter of fact, the scripture goes on and tell us when Jesus told them to watch and pray, the wrong people will fall asleep in your situation. Who are the people in your corner. Who is the two or three people that you can talk through, talk to every week and see what's going on in their life and say, I got your back and you got mine. And maybe you don't have that person. That's what verse number 39 is for. Jesus, he went a little farther and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Or in the King James Version, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Have you spent time with God this week to be able to express your pain, 
not to just talk in King James, to be able to just talk straight, no chasers. He already knows our thoughts, our desires, how we feel. He already knows our future. And he's saying, come a little bit farther. Talk to me. I want to help you. But we have to be willing to confess and we have to be willing to express what is going on in our Friday. So as Jesus dies on Friday, Saturday comes. And what is Saturday? Saturday is the day of silence. Now, what's interesting about Saturday is that we give Friday a lot of credit. It's Good Friday. Let's do communion. Let's have a service. Let's celebrate. And we, we rejoice because of his death. And then we come over to Sunday and we celebrate. I got the victory. Yes, I do. I got the victory. How about you? But nobody. What goes as the most underrated day. It's Saturday. Why? Because it's the day of silence. While many are stuck in the day of Friday, I would beg to differ that there's much more people stuck in a day of silence. When you're feeling lost, when you feel confused, Just like between the Old and the New Testament, the Bible tells us there's 400 years of silence. Nobody heard a word from God. And we leave Malachi seeing God rebuilding time for his people. And after 400 years, Jesus being able to show up. Saturday, when it comes to being lost... I'm sure a few people can relate on a lighter note and have experienced a time just like me during the coronavirus, where corona is making you a little bit crazy. And so I've had two personal experiences over the last two weeks, and I'm clearly, without a shadow of a doubt, going to blame it on corona. Now, I have two phones. I have an Apple phone which is by far the most overrated product ever. Yep, I said it, and I'm not taking it back. Leave the apple alone. It was a problem in Genesis, and it's a problem now. And I also have an Android phone. So on Thursday, I was at home. My daughter was using the bathroom over here, and she she calls for daddy, and she says she needs help and assistance in the bathroom. So I go over go in the restroom, my phone is in my pocket, or in my jacket pocket, and so I'm helping her get situated, and then next thing you know, my Apple phone fell out my pocket, it fell in the toilet, and I just reached down fast and jumped, and I grabbed the towel and I start drying it off, and I took it off the case, because we didn't flush the toilet lead, and I got scared. And my daughter said, Daddy, your phone dropped, dropped in the toilet. I said, shut up. Be quiet. And my wife was like, hey, what? Nothing. Everything's good. All clear here. 
And so I get my phone, and I take a tower, start drying it off, and then I cut on uh, the, the little hair dryer, start sucking out water on the phone, and thank God, whew, the phone is still working. But what's worse than that? <clears throat> Two weeks ago, I go to Walmart. I'm on the hunt for paper towels, for some popcorn. I had to get some bread for dinner. And I also was looking for some um, wipes. So I get into Walmart, and I see what the Lord has done and laid out for me. I walk in, and they're saying, one item only. And I'm able to get a three-pack of Lysol wipes. So I'm feeling very happy. So I get my Lysol wipes. I go and get all my other items. I take a brief moment to go look and see how much a treadmill costs because I don't need any corona weights or gaining any weight. And then I leave. And then I go. And I get out to the car. And I unload everything. And then I go back in because I actually forgot something. And then I get to the register to check out. And my Apple Watch started beeping for a text message. And I wanted to respond. And I needed my phone. And I searched my pockets and I ain't got my phone. I said, oh God, I done lost my phone in Walmart. So I go outside, check the car, open the trunk, pull up the mats, open the bag, look everything here, no phone. So now you have me walking around the store, praying, praying to God, Lord, help me find this phone. Please, Lord, help me. I don't want to lose this phone. I've only had it for two months. Ain't got no insurance on it. Help me out. But then I said, hold up. If I got a text message on my phone, then that means the, stone, the phone has to be here. Because on the iPhone, you have to be within 50 feet to receive a text message. So I go back to the register, and I go talk to the people. And I go look and look everywhere. I can't find it. And I go to the lost and found. And I said, I know this sounds weird. This is a big store, but I believe my phone is here. Can I use your phone real quick? So I call my wife. And I tell her to call my phone three times. And somebody turned in my phone. Hallelujah. I was so happy. I was so overjoyed. And there are so many people that are looking at their silent Saturday. And God is saying, when you trust me in the silence, I'll do the work. This is not the time to sit here and to question God and say, why did this happen to me? What if I did this? How come? Now what? God, why is my marriage like this? God, why did I take a reduction on my job? God, why are you silent? God, look at my kids. And you're sitting here in a season 
of silence. And God is saying, I got it all under control. But you have to trust me. You have to stick with me. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 31, he says, on the way Jesus told him, tonight all of you will desert me. For the scripture says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now, it's funny on a lighter note, we can talk about a phone, but there are serious situations. There are serious issues that we're all experiencing in the time of silence. Now, I'm going to ask this question. I really want you to think about it. Have you ever doubted God? Again, have you ever doubted God? Like I'm talking about for real, like doubted God when you've prayed or you've shook your fist at him and said, God, I don't like this. God, I'm not even sure if you're real. Why are you silent on me? And as your pastor, I've had moments in my life. Now, not in the last five years where I've doubted him. And I've said, you can't be true if I'm experiencing this. You can't be true if I'm going through this. And God is saying in the silence, that's when I do my best work. Matter of fact, I've come to a point where I don't doubt God, but I do question his wisdom. I've questioned his sovereignty. I've asked him, why do we Why do I, why do my kids, why do my family, why do my wife have to go through this? And I've challenged his wisdom. God, you're all knowing, you're all powerful. Why have you remained silent and left my situation in the cemetery? Why, God? And what God is saying to you, is that when things are silent, I do my best work. In John chapter 11, when we looked at it, Martha with Lazarus, remember when she gave the first word to Jesus to come and to heal sick Lazarus? And Jesus was like, no, I'm good, I'm chilling. And he waited two more days and he died. Then Jesus when things were dead, when the grieving was over with, when everybody was ready to put him in the tomb and move on, Jesus showed up. Jesus wants to help you process through your confusion, process through your whys, process through the moments where it hurts, Process through the moments when it feels like you should give up. Process through the moments to the disciples 
that have been rolling with Jesus for three and a half years, have neglected their wives, have left their families, have left their businesses. And on Saturday, you're saying, dang, was it even worth it? Do I got to go back and get another job? Should I be a part of the six million people that has filed for unemployment? In Isaiah chapter 61, I'm just going to paraphrase, but we can put it on the screen. When God is saying, I will give you beauty for ashes. The thing that has died in your life, he says, turn it over to me. I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. I know it looks dead. I know it's in the grave. I know it's starting to rot. I know it stinketh in the King James. But give it to me. I'm not just with you when you get to Sunday. I'm not just with you on Friday. But I am a God that is with you on Saturday. So here's the thing when we think about Saturdays. Because what we go through in life does not prevent us. It does not stop us from our purpose. If God allowed it, then that means don't stay in Friday. Don't stay in Saturday. Mercy, joy, peace, hope, and victory is coming on Sunday. Here's a quote. I forgot who the author is, so don't judge me. Hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. Again, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. Because we do and we serve and we honor a God that does his best work in the silence. The things that he told you in the light do not forget in the darkness. Because it was love, it was purpose, it was his affection and his desire to see you and experience you that hung him on the cross. It was not the nails. It was not his strength. But it was his love that he had for you that said it was finished. It is finished. What are the areas in your life that's in the grave that you need to say it is finished? What are the areas in your life that you are justifying right now that you're lingering on to in this season and you need to do right now and say it is finished? It is over, it is done, it is in my past, it is not a part of my future. I will experience the resurrection, the blessed, and the anointed life of Christ. Because in the grave, and in the dark, and on your day of silence, the Bible says in Revelations chapter 1 and verse 18, and this is something people of God we have to hold on to. Go ahead and look. I'm going to give you a few more moments. Put it on the screen. Revelations chapter 1 and verse 18, and we are going to read from the New Living Translation. 
It says, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And here's my favorite part. And I hold the keys. Mm, mm, mm. I hold the keys of death and the grave. See, on the day of silence, God walked up in hell. He kicked down the door. He put his arms up and said, who wants it? Matter of fact, no. He came in like Neo. I am the one. And he took back the keys and he took back your blessing and he took back to give you double for your trouble and God has come back on Saturday when you thought he was dead, when you thought he has forgotten about you, he went to get the keys because Jesus is not bound by death. He overcame it. What are the keys that you need in your life? In the time of silence, when it feels like he has become quiet, you're in the season of testing. And I'm telling you right now, when you pass the test, he's going to give you the keys. That thing that has been holding you back, the thing that has put you in bondage, the thing that you have forgotten about, that you say, I can't do this, I'm a single mother. I can't do this. I'm a single father. I can't do this. I don't have a degree. I can't do this. I don't have kids. I can't do this. I don't want keys. In the day of silence, Jesus went down to get the keys to your future, to get the keys to your destiny. Because during this corona virus, God does not want us to just go through something, but he wants us to grow through this. That's where the day of silence comes from. And as we all know, working through our time of suffering, lingering in the hallways of silence, Sunday, 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 Sunday is a day of the spectacular. Sunday is the day of resurrection. Hallelujah. Sunday is the day of joy. Sunday is the day of victory. Sunday is the day of celebration. Hallelujah. God didn't just come and die and go to the grave for you to come back and for you to stay in your problems. God will roll a stone away. God will knock a, a soldier out the way. God will shake the entire world for you to get victory. Put in the comments, say, I got victory. Put in the comments, say, I have joy. Because we serve a God that is not dead. We serve a God that is alive. Historians will tell you, biblical scholars will tell you, when Jesus came back, he didn't just come back and go straight to heaven, but there were 40 days that he journeyed through this world. 40 days 
over 13 different places, seeing over 500 different people. He was alive. He went fishing. He ate and he prayed with others because our God is not dead. Our God is alive. And so for those that were with him and neglected him and those that were doubters and haters, we see a wave on Sunday where individuals have went from being fearful now to be fearless. Understanding that there is no pain that I experience in my life that can keep me from his promise. Understanding that while there's a season of testing and I'm sitting in the middle of my silence, there's a day of resurrection coming from my life. There's a resurrection coming from your life. So while things on the external may look crazy, may have you all jacked up, may have your perspective blind. God is trying to do a new thing in your life on this resurrection day. So what is holding you back? What is keeping you captive from being free? Because who the Son has set free is free indeed. Who the Son has set free It's free indeed. I wrote this down as I was preparing for this message. It says, the resurrection is Jesus putting a comma where man has placed a period. The resurrection is Jesus putting a comma where man has placed a period. When God took his last And final breath, he said it's finished. What are the self-imposing limitations that you have placed in your life and you thought you have stamped a period and God is saying, I'm not done. God is saying it's not over. God is saying it's not finished. Put a butt in it, a big butt or comma. God is a God of victory. God is a God of power. And in the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter one, put that on the screen. Ephesians chapter one in verse 19 and verse 20. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated in the place of honor at God's right hand in a heavenly realm. Listen, church, I come to bring good news on this Resurrection Sunday. If God is able to resurrect a body from the dead, Surely, he can resurrect your career. Matter if you quit, if you've been froloed, if you've been fired, God can resurrect your career. God can resurrect a dead marriage. 
Y'all are not talking. You're sleeping in different beds. You just become partners and raising kids. If we turn it over to God and understand that the same power that was able to raise him from the dead on the third day, if you give his marriage to him while you're sitting in silence, God will come back and bring the key to open up the hearts of you and your spouse. God can raise. God can resurrect troubled and bad relationships between you and your children, between you and your parents. There may have been years of pain, of hurt, and abuse, and you need to be able to give it to God and say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe in your power. And through your blood, your sweat, your tears, through your sacrifice, I'm believing for a day of victory. I'm believing for a day of joy. I'm believing for a day of resurrection. So let's go back to our question of where we started. Where do you stand on the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Where do you stand on the death and the resurrection of Christ? Now, I can still feel it a little bit, right? You're going to go to work tomorrow. You're going to have a few crazy folks that are speaking doom and gloom and trying to figure out, number one, why do you believe in God during a time like this? Number two, if Jesus was real, he would be able to do this. He would be able to do that. And I want you to go right in their face and I want you to ask them three things. And if they can give you the right answer, then you can waver. Here it is, number one. If Jesus did not die on the cross, and if Jesus is not resurrected, where is his body? Now, we've been able to find the Titanic sitting in the middle of the ocean. And if you have kids like me, you've been able to find Nemo this week. We've been able to find dinosaur bones. We've been able to find Dead Sea Scrolls. We've been able to find all of these antiquated old forms, documents, being able to find our way to the moon, being able to find the galaxy, but nobody Not anybody on this entire earth has been able to find Jesus' body because he's not dead and he is alive. Number two, Jesus, when it comes to you defending your faith, when it comes to you wrestling within your knower of the Sunday the Friday, and the Saturday experience. Remember this. Lies do not last. See, conspiracies sooner or later will fall apart. If it's fake news, 
in a matter of time, it's going to be revealed. If somebody committed a crime, when somebody did something bad, when the heat is on, somebody's going to give in. When it gets hard, somebody is going to make a confession. And the Bible tells us that our first century believers, when, when Jesus resurrected from the dead, they did not lie. They doubled down on what Jesus has done for them. They set the church, they set the world on fire, and through their convictions and through their experiences on this earth, they were willing to go through the pain, they were willing to go through the silence to testify, to glorify, and to give praise and adoration of a Sunday morning experience to the point where we don't like to talk about this that our first century believers, many were stoned to death. And they were told, dethrone Jesus Christ and say he did not die and say he did not raise from the dead. But if you don't, all of us here, hundreds and thousands of people are going to throw rocks at you until you die. And they didn't back down. They stand firm and they said, we are followers of Christ. We believe and proclaim that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We believe and proclaim that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. We believe and proclaim that Jesus is the good shepherd. We believe and proclaim that there's only one way to heaven. And that is through Yeshua HaMashiach, which is the Hebrew for Jesus, is the Christ. While some were stoned, others were beat down with sticks. And they doubled down. They wouldn't confess. And there were others that were thrown into pots of boiling water. And there were other saints that believed in who Jesus was and what he said he did, that were crucified, that were whipped. Even Peter being crucified upside down because lies do not last. Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. And number three, and here's my favorite. <clears throat> when others try to confront you, when others try to challenge your spiritual belief, where you are, what God has done for you, don't forget my life. What is your transformational personal journey and experience? Take a look back. Dean got to look too far. Look back on a year. Look at what God has done for you. Look at what God has brought you from. 
I know too much about him. You can't tell me any difference. I don't care if he didn't do this. I don't care if he do nothing else. I know the way I used to talk. I know the way I used to walk. I know the places I used to go. And I, if I take a time to reflect on my journey, and I take the time to see the experiences when he's been able to give me peace that passes all understanding, when he's able to give me rest in the middle of chaos, when he's able to show me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, my personal experience, my personal journey has shown me, has revealed to me that our God is not dead. That our God is alive and well. That our God has shown us that his resurrection power on this great and glorious day is the greatest proof that I am, that you are, that we are forgiven. So I'm going to ask for you right now, Focus in on me. What are, what, what's the stages, what is the season that you're in? I'm going to ask for you in the comments with conviction and with a confession. Look at this slide. I'm going to ask for you to declare, I believe, I expect, I declare victory over my blank. I declare God's resurrection power over my blank. I declare life over my blank. Right now, put it in the comments. What are the things that you're going to do? I know that we are far and away from each other in our respective homes and others that are watching in other states. Put it in the comments. I declare victory over my finances. I declare victory over my family. I declare victory over my job. I declare victory over my business. I declare victory over my family. I declare victory over my friends. I declare victory over my church. I declare victory over me. I declare it and we decree it in the name of Jesus. Put it in the comments. Don't be ashamed. Don't be scared. Right now, we're about to pray, saints, as we get ready to close because we serve a God that is the resurrection and the life. We serve a God that is not done with you yet. We serve a God that's ready to show you that on the other side of this, that we're not just going to manage it. We're not going to just stay here. But God is able to show you when it's time for a sacrifice, your ram in the bush. Put your request in, put your comments in, and we are going to close in prayer as we celebrate our awesome Father and Savior. Dear Heavenly Father, we declare in front of your people today that you are a God of victory, that you are a God of joy, that you are a God of celebration, that you are a God of peace, that you are a God who sits low, who sits high and looks low in the middle of our situation. We thank you, Father, right now that our two or three are gathered together in your name.
There you will be in the midst of us. We thank you, Lord, that we're all put together as one unified body, as one unified church in our homes, watching from viewership online, that we decree and declare victory over every circumstance, victory over every situation that's put in the comments. Lord, we thank you right now that you are able, that we're able to send your word that is able to bring healing over the comments that have been placed in the life. We thank you, Lord, that you are a Jehovah Jireh, that you will show yourself strong and to be able to provide for others during this pandemic. We thank you, Lord, that you have not left us in our silence, that you're able to bring peace, that you're able to be a comforter, that you're able to bring wisdom and a direction, that you're able to instruct and teach our people in the way it should go. Lord, we thank you right now that victory has been declared over marriages, that during this time where we could be out going here, going there, that you're bringing homes back together, that relationships are being restored, that relationships are being renewed, that relationships are being revived between husband and wife, between parents and children. And we thank you right now that the church, the people of Diverse City are covered in the mighty name of Jesus, that your presence will be made known that during this time of crisis, that we look to the hills which cometh our help, that our help cometh from the Lord. We thank you, Father, that you're not leaving us in our suffering. We thank you, Father, that you're not leaving us in our silence. But we are grateful. We sit here with great expectation, with great excitement, expecting you to do the supernatural, expecting you to do the spectacular, We're expecting you to do great and mighty works. So we cast our cares upon you, for you care for us. And you're a great father. You're an awesome father. You just don't give us what we need, but you're able to meet our desires. You're able to exceed the needs. And we thank you on this Resurrection Sunday while we are spread apart and things are different that you are alive and well. We give you praise right now because victory belongs to Jesus. We give you praise right now that there is no room for lack. We give you praise right now that you're able to use us in such a time as this to decree your goodness, to decree your greatness, and all of the wonderful things that you have done for all of our people under the sound of my voice that believe that we serve a resurrected Savior. We serve a God that was willing to endure the pain on the way to the cross, that was willing to live a life of without sin, without a thought that was contrary to what you believe. And Father, we surrender to you. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for our negative thoughts, for our negative mindset, for the times that we wanted to check out, for the times that we wanted to give in, for the times that we remain silent when you've called us to step up. So Father, I thank you that your resurrection power is available and it is able and you're willing to come in to allow us to experience you. 
So Father, I thank you for your power that's able to touch and transform our lives. Lord, I thank you for technology that we can preach, that we can teach, and that we can send your word to all areas of the world. And as we've given us the ears to be able to hear, that it will not return void. So I thank you, Father, during a time like this, that you've not neglected us, but you're making us stronger. You have not forgotten about us, but you've come on this Resurrection Sunday to give us back the keys to our future, to our destiny, and to our purpose. And we give you praise and thanks in advance. And for all that agree, say amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Diverse City. It's been a pleasure to be with you today on this Easter Sunday. Lord, I am so excited about your future. I am so excited about our future. Now, I know what it looks like. I will never get used to preaching to nobody. But I'm waiting with expectation for the day where we're all able to get back together to praise God and to worship him. So as we transition and go on and enjoy the rest of our days and weeks, please continue to reach out, continue to call. We're here to help. We're here to serve. And we're going to do this together. Amen. Never failing